Welcome everyone to episode 479 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Me and Will have been playing that for about a week and a half or however. Well, it's a little over a week, I guess, right? Almost a week and a half, yeah. Nintendo does the Friday releases for a lot of their games. So that was a Friday release last week. So, uh, yeah. I think I saw I have nine or ten days played. Well, not actual hours, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo, oh, I hate when they do that. They do the, up until you get to 10 days, it doesn't tell you how many hours you've played a game, which is annoying because I, I don't like know to why. Have, I don't know. I don't know either. I like to have a grasp on that, but I would guess I probably have 10 to 15 hours played, uh, roughly, I guess. So, um, yeah, I think I have almost 10. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be our main topic for today. I know we'll be talking more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, does anyone have, anyone else have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? It's been a week of Valhalla. Okay. Yeah. You don't have any Rocket League anecdotes to share, Corey? Uh, actually, I could talk a little Rocket League. Eric and I played um, Friday night. We did the tournament mode. Okay. So we can talk a little bit about that. Nice. I, right, well, I bought ahead. some games, too. Yeah, I bought one, too. I'll talk about later, also. Oh. Yeah. It's It's time, in other words. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good deals going on right now. There is, actually. Uh, Steam is having its fall sale. Uh, there's been some Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sales from, from different places. So there's a few things I did want to pick up, but I'm pretty much locked in for the next, I don't know, maybe two months of gaming, and probably more uh, with, yeah. with, with, with my lineup. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, Will, let's get started with Age of Calamity. So... Uh, for those of you that don't know, Age of uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity is a Hyrule Warriors game, a Dynasty Warriors game, uh, but it's set in the Age of Calamity from Breath of the Wild. It's uh, the events that happen a hundred years before the events of Breath of the Wild. Uh, it tells the story of Calamity Ganon's invasion of Hyrule and uh, the destruction he wrought, and and it's the the story of the the four. Uh, champions that pilot the the divine beasts and all that so uh, i was very interested in in the the telling of the story um i haven't gotten too much into the meat of the story just yet uh things are kind of kicking off it seems like it's going to be a fairly long game well i don't know if you got that impression yeah i i think it is too because main like the biggest part is i don't think the main story is going to be more than like 15 hours but there's so much to do with side yeah. battles and crafting and those like try to find materials to like complete the map objectives that are on the because mm-hmm. how the game structured is the map of hyrule so after you do a battle there will be a map of hyrule where link is in one of the the towers um and you're overlooking a map and there's a ton of different icons on there so um there's going to be things like the main story battles which are two swords crossed and then there's going to be side battles which is going to be just like the one sword then after that there's a bunch of these little icons on the map that need specific resources to be given for it to unlock for you to be able to use it so example is like there's going to be a blacksmith you need to give these uh resources for the blacksmith to be open so you can fuse and level up weapons and stuff like that and there's a ton of different examples like different shops that you can like buy stuff and resources from to unlock other places so there's a lot of like checklisty things, which I actually I like having checklisty 
objectives in video games like that too. So especially Age of Calamity because it kind of adds a little bit more content and more things yeah. to do. It adds um, and it it seamlessly implements Breath of the Wild elements into it, which I talked about, which helps make it a good like offshoot warriors game you know yeah um uh, and it's also it's not it's not time consuming because if you have the resources you unlock it if you don't have the resources you don't you can track them down uh with the the same uh, i forget what it's called but it's the the radar system that you use in breath of the wild yeah you can track the re- the specific resource you need to down it to, and see what battles you have to go in or what places you have to go to get that specific resource and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things like you'll do this and it'll uh, unlock more um, hearts for your characters. It'll unlock more of the basic attacks that you can do um, or the power attack. So there's a lot of benefits to like getting these. So I always recommend doing at least some of that stuff, at least knowing because each uh, icon kind of is tied to a character too. So like Daruk will be a I can't remember what his icon is off the top of my head because it's like it doesn't zoom in very deep the map, yeah. which is kind of frust- frustrating. I wish it zoomed in a little bit more. Uh, so like you'll be doing these objectives, and then you'll get like you know um, unlock different uh, skills for these characters to use. Which I mean, the only skill you have is pressing the Y button for your basic attack, and then you chain it with power attacks, which is cool. But um, it's, a lot of the, I mean, at the, its core, it's still a Warriors Musou game, but I think it's a really good iteration of it. Yep, so. I would agree. Um, yeah, and again, you, the the way the the Breath of the Wild elements, like all the tones, the sounds when you're when you're selecting things or moving from menu to menu, it's all the same as Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It really does a good job of bringing you into the world of Breath of the Wild. The art style is the same. Um, You'll recognize when you're doing a, a battle, you recognize a lot of the locations. Obviously, if you've played a lot of Breath of the Wild like I have, they'll look very familiar. Um, and again, all the all the items and, and stuff that, that are in the game, even down to like um, fight, you know, the fire lizards that you have to collect to make the fireproof potions. Like it's it's it's, it's all there, you know. It's yeah. it's really really well done. Um, let's talk about the champions. Yeah. Well, uh, who's your favorite champion to use? Oh, man. I change every day. I mean, <laughs> I've taken a liking mainly to Mifa and Rivali right now. Okay. Um, I think they're awesome. But, like, I was playing Daruk last night, and I was like, ah, Daruk's pretty awesome. And, like, yeah. the first night that I unlocked Urbosa, I was like, ah, Urbosa's awesome. Uh, I know she's not a champion, but Impa, too. Uh-huh is another one that I just absolutely love playing. They're, like, all fun because Rivali plays a lot different than most characters. So yeah. he has, like, two kind of movesets. Like, he'll attack on the ground, and but because he's a Rito, which is bird, he can fly. Mm-hmm. And that unlocks a whole other, like, moveset that he has, which is really cool. Um, and, like, I, uh, I saw some people complaining about his moveset not being, like, consistent enough for them with hitboxes. But, like, I've played Archer characters in these games before, so I'm kind of familiar with how they work. Uh, so I thought he worked for me pretty well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, uh, it's been really hard to pick because I changed. But, yeah, Mifa and Rivali have been my two favorites so far. Yeah, I would have to say Mifa's been my favorite, too. Um, I like how di- they're all very different, too, in the way they control and the way they, they do crowd control and uh, attack, like, stronger enemies, too. 
which I also like. It doesn't feel like you're playing carbon copies of the same character with slightly different moves. They're all very, very different. Mm. Uh, I think that's the benefit of only having... I think there's only going to be ultimately eight characters that you play as in the in the game. I don't know if you've unlocked the last one, Will. Uh, I asked a friend how many characters they are, and he told me close to 15. Oh, okay. So I, only, I thought there was only eight, but I've, I think I only have eight right now. It'll be interesting to see who the others are. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't looked it up, um, so I don't know exactly who's going to be playable. Uh, because, like, I mean, we only know so much about the 100 years before the Calamity, so I don't really know what... They could go a lot of different ways with characters that could be playable. Yeah, um, and again, <laughs> this is... I hope that I have for the game, is I hope that uh, for the last battle, you square off as like a bad guy and take down the good guys. I think that would be cool. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I have not. I haven't heard any rumors or seen any spoilers for how the end of the game, uh, how the end of the game goes. So, mm. yeah. Gonna... I mean, the only thing that I've seen is like who I think might be a new villain that we didn't know about before. But that's like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried really hard to n- avoid spoilers for this game in Valhalla and whatnot. Yeah. And of course with this game and, and, and it brings up a lot of stuff we talked about with breath of the wild uh, amongst the gaming community. And one of which I've seen some, some people talking about is the breath of the wild story. Mm. And you know, it's, it's, it's people who like it and then people who thought there was no story. Um, So it's interesting to see all those conversations come up again with, with, with this game's release. Oh, there's a story there. I was well, going to yeah. ask about that. Does it tickle your fancy, Dan? You're kind of a Zelda lore nerd, right? Uh, yeah, I mean a little bit. Mostly a Breath of the Wild. The, it's weird. Like I keep meaning to one one of these days when I'm bored go into the entire because people have like speculated and argued and uh, fought about the the exact timeline of, of the way all the games work. And I would like to get into that, but I was mostly just into the Breath of the Wild storyline. I can tell you what game because that's first. my favorite game. What's that? Skyward Sword. Yeah, I, I I do think I remember that. Um, but yeah, people have the whole entire timeline figured out and how everything fits together, and I, it's crazy. So is this this takes place a hundred years before the calamity, right? A hundred years before Breath of the or, Wild. I'm sorry, before Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And um, does it does it scratch that itch then? Of is it a satisfying like origin so, story I for mean, Breath of the Wild? Yeah. So far, I haven't. I'm. I don't know how far I'm into the story. I would say not very far. Uh, because, like, well, I do all the side missions, so a lot of my time spent playing the game has been doing that. When yeah. you do the story missions, it's usually only it's usually like a half an hour battle, so you have to They're figure most, most of my 12 to 15 hours has been doing the side side stuff, like I always do. Um, but yeah, it, it does a good job of, of filling in the... De- I mean... Because really, like the the story from Breath of the Wild is stuff that you had to seek out, right? It right. was the memories, uh, which were great. It was uh, like stuff that you read in the Hyrule Castle, like library, like like diary passages and stuff like that. Like that's that was where the story came from. So there wasn't a lot there to go on, and this game is obviously all all story. So so far, I'm, I have been satisfied with with what I've seen. Yeah, Dan, for context, the mission that I'm about to do is um, Hyrule Forest with the okay. Koroks. That's I just, like... just did that one. Okay. Yeah, so we're right around the same 
same part. Yeah, so we're both not very far, I don't think. My one friend uh, texted a group of us uh, asking if any of us got us, and I said I did. Uh, and I'm working my way through it, and he said he loves it. He said he's absolutely enjoying himself, finds the story awesome, loves the different characters, uh, loving everything about it. So Yeah, it's... I, one of the things I like about it, too, is it's just relaxing to wade through endless enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I was able... Like, I played a little bit last night, and I was able to, like, sit back in my living room with all the chaos in the living room, you know, with, with my kids running around and, and stuff, and able to, like, play and concentrate and focus on what was going on. Uh, but that's not to say that it doesn't have... I, I feel like this one's combat system is a little more complex than than at least hyrule warriors and and fire emblem warriors uh because of all the breath of the wild elements like the the magnesis you can you can do the cryosis and mm. and the bombs and, and all that stuff is in addition to all the other stuff so uh, i do think it's slightly more complex than than a normal warriors game mm-hmm. yeah it definitely is i would say there's a lot more uh style and flair to the fighting too um, I mean, like with Mifa, just throwing out like water tornadoes, just so cool. And like Urbosa's lightning abilities and uh, Daruk doing any of the magma attacks yeah. too. Like it's all, I think, really well done, very stylish, uh, very fun. Um, I would say the I am worried about one thing though is not being adequately leveled. Uh-huh. I've had to do training stuff like rupees to train my units. Yeah, because for most battles you go into, you take, like, two to four. And obviously, if you have up to 15 characters, some of them are just going to get left behind. So I've, I've had to do that, too. I think that's why they put that there. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you when you go onto the map, a lot of times the little robot companion that you have will tell you, like, will point out one thing that you should be paying attention to. And a lot of times it's been that for me to level my characters. Yeah, well, because like they level like the uh, difficulty spike, not difficulty spike, but the level spike has been like it went from like oh like level six to fifteen to yeah. twenty two. Yeah. So, oh, jeez. Yep. So I don't know if the game wants you to uh, just use that, or if it wants you to keep doing the or keep grinding out battles that you've done. Yeah, I don't know. Or uh, if you don't even need to be that level to be able to do the fight, and I'm just OCD about it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know a couple. The most recent one I did the the Korok, the the Korok Forest one. I had a couple characters that were not severely under leveled, but a little bit under leveled, and they they were fine. So yeah, I think I have everyone at 18 right now. Yeah, I w- went in with Link at. I think Link was like 23, and then the rest were 18 or 19, maybe. Yeah, Link and does level fine. faster than everybody. I feel like. Yeah, he's in. It seems to be is in all of them. So yeah. he has the most, well, obviously has the most attention on him too. So I can't wait till he becomes the champion for Zelda yeah. waiting for that moment. Yep. So that's pretty much all I have to talk about with, with that game. Uh, I really, really like it. Uh, I'm going to try to sink a little more time into it. I, I've pretty much spent any free moment I have playing Valhalla. So uh, that's probably going to switch over to breath or yeah. Age of calamity now. So, do you like Age of Calamity, Dan, more than um, the first one? More than Hyrule Warriors? Yeah. I think so. It's more co- cohesive as far as story goes because Hyrule Warriors had, like, all the elements from a lot of Zelda games, right? Yeah. 
Legend of Zelda games, whereas this one's just it's just Breath of the Wild stuff. So, and uh, the best Zelda. Yeah, I mean it's my favorite. Uh, favorite Breath of the Wild is my favorite game of all time. So you know the fact that it's centered around that uh, only gives it points in my book. Yeah. So. Definitely, I would agree with all of that. Any any other thoughts, questions, Corey? Any questions? No, I was, uh, I guess maybe I was wondering if there's anything in this game for me. I did like the first one, but I think I only played a few hours because I just kind of got bored with it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, What's I the, mean, is there it, like meaningful progression? I don't. That's the kind of stuff that would speak to me in a game like this. I'm a fan personally of taking characters who are, you know, like level one, two, three, whatever, and making them absolute killing monsters in these games. So that stuff always really appeals to me. Like, I like when I just go into a crowd and you see a hundred plus units that you go and you just go in, dive in, and then you obliterate all of them in like two seconds. Like, I really like that sort of thing. And like in this game, I've noticed like it, some of these enemies take a beating and they don't die that quick, even like the basic units, not the stronger yeah. units. So um, I now I'm reaching the point where I'm starting to kill things a lot faster. And that's like rewarding to me and like unlocking cooler weapons and being able to fuse weapons to get stronger stuff. And I'm a huge fan of that. I'm also the noted Muso Warriors kind of fan too. Like I like these style of games a ton. So um I find progression and enjoyment through that. Uh, some of my friends are interested in this game, but they're not Warriors fans, so I told them to not get it. Yeah, I don't think it, this one's going to change your mind. Unless you're a huge, huge, huge Breath of the Wild fan and you are okay with Warriors games, I don't think you know, this one won't change your mind. Uh, but to your point, well, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. I think the kill counts are kind of down in this one. Because I do think the average enemy, the average foot soldier, does take a few more hits than in in previous games that I've played in this yeah. in this style. So um, I and think they, there's not not quite as many of them, and and they're also a little tougher than because some of them, yeah, you take you hit them three or four times, and they're not dead yet. Yeah, those goblins can really take a hit ahead. So, yeah, I, but I, I I think that might be by design. Now that you mention it. Yeah, I think I've only broke 1,000 kills once so far, and that yeah. was on the um, the one mission that I just did with the Yiga clan, infiltrating. Yeah, because I remember the the original high rewards like breaking 3,000, 3,500, 3,800, yeah, like just all the time. <laughs> crazy numbers, yeah. So, okay. That's everything then. Uh, nibble bits. Anyone have any nibble bits locked and ready to go? I was looking while you guys were chatting, and I didn't see much um, other than Cyberpunk 2077 confirmed the ability to toggle nudity on and off. Oh, that's so good. That's, that's good. That for, good. Those, for those of you never nudes. Never nudes. I'm outraged by that. <laughs> I wonder if they, ha- if they have a quick toggle option, so if I'm playing while my kids are awake, if uh, they wander in. A dedicated button, the X button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn nudity off. Um, oh, there's an article here, How Amiibo Work with Age of Calamity. I wish I had read that ahead of time. I've almost forgotten that Amiibo exist. I was just going to say that, yeah. As as cool as they are, uh, there's just not enough game functionality. I do like the collectible aspect of it, but... You gotta do it digitally. Like... 
have an app on your phone and then connect your phone to your Switch somehow. Yeah. And then you can carry your Amiibo with you and feed them like they're t- a Tamagotchi. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, do you have anything, Will? Uh, just two really quick ones. Fall Guys is getting a third season called Winter Knockout headed to us in December. Um, that's cool. Looking forward to that. I'll probably play that a little bit. Uh, I really liked Fall Guys. And then Assassin's Creed Valhalla got a big patch to fix a lot of uh, bugs. That game was very buggy. Yeah, I'll be um, interested to hear Corey's impressions. I'm actually really excited Week to talk two. about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. But that's like it. It's been kind of slow. It's just been Black Friday deals. and Yeah, there's people... a, lot of, a lot of deals. If you're looking for a specific game, shop around. I'm sure you'll find a deal on it. I guess I can tell you what I got. I bought real quick because it's yeah. kind of topical. I bought Control, Nino Kuni two, mm. and Final Fantasy fourteen and all of ex- expansions for like forty bucks. I think. Would you buy uh, Nino Kuni two on Will? PC. It was for it was eight dollars. I saw a deal, and then that game's originally sixty still. So I was like, I'm going to do that. I was happy you bought Control on Steam because I can play it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have some games on there now. Uh, I will get to them at some point. Because I want to play Nino Kuni and I want to play Control and I kind of want to play Final Fantasy fourteen. So, so many games right now. I'm yeah. excited for you to play Nino Kuni too. I played a couple hours when it first came out, really liked it, but stopped. I don't remember why. Yeah, it's I th- a fun game. I think I got like 30 hours into Nino Kuni too and and stop playing i'll have to revisit that hey you've been telling us to play both of them for a while Corey. i think that's uh, another uh rare game that i 100 percented really yeah you 100 percent you know me too i actually didn't know that i just loved being in that world well i remember how charming the whole world was the whole time oh yeah it's like a little storybook it's beautiful it's hard to be in a bad mood when you play that game. Yeah, yeah, and the city building mechanics are fun. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of cool, cool things in that game. I'm a sucker for story, or not story building, uh, settlement building stuff. Yeah. This is not really news, but there's been speculation that the next season of Fortnite is going to be Star Wars themed. Ooh. Which I think would be amazing. Because the, Mar- be... the the Marvel season is going to be over next. Uh, I think Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. It's it's new season time, so um, yeah, I'm hoping. That that was, would, I think Star Wars would be awesome. That would be a huge um, crossover. Yes, it would. Okay, uh, let's get into our weeks then, shall we? Yeah. Will, Will, how was your week? Oh boy, just work. Work's been really slow, and Dad kind of sucks. Um, so I've been doing that, and honestly, just playing. It's been the same thing every week, just working video games and working out at this point. Uh, it's getting cold now, so there's, like, not a ton of reason to be out and about doing anything between that and pandemic. It's just like, eh, I'd rather just stay home and just play video games. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing that. Uh, Corey, I was telling Dan before we got on, or before you joined the call, I have my first bartending shift tonight, and I have trained twice in the last three months. Nice. So I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. Nice. So that'll be fun. Uh, so I'll be doing that tonight, and then, uh, yeah, I don't work again until next weekend. So 
So what's your what's your stock answer if uh, somebody asks you to make a drink you don't know how to make? Yeah, I can do that for you. And look, <laughs> look it up on your phone. Yeah, I am. Wor- the only thing I'm worried about is if like any of the owners come in and sit at the bar because they sometimes do on Sunday night. If they do, <laughs> I'll be screwed. They'll find out I'm a phony. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I know. I know. My manager's like, "Hey, can you bartend?" like Sunday night, like three weeks ago. Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I'll figure it out by then. I'll look up some stuff, do some work. I've done nothing. <laughs> you just uh, get a little, uh, make some flashcards or something. Yeah. Well, the thing you is, always go ahead. Well, I know how to do margaritas, which is like 75% of the drink orders. And like, we oh, have sure. a ton of bottles and I know how to do the tap beer. So I'm hoping that consists of about 80 to 85% of what I do tonight. They also said Sunday nights have been busy or very, very slow. And it's like incredibly slow right now. So, yeah, I was going to say, if I were you, my stock answer would be, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a bartender. I'm just subbing tonight. Uh, Could you tell me what's in that? Yeah. Yeah, No one's going to care. No, nobody will care. People at the bar usually are nicer. So. Yeah, most people are nicer once they get a few drinks in them. Yep. <laughs> so, sure. part of my fake it till you make it motto is going to be put to the test tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, again, like you said, now's a good time to learn. If there's Sundays are slow anyway, and it's even slower because of the, the pandemic, then that's a good time. Yeah, be slinging some uh, margaritas to all of the four people that'll come in tonight. So. What about you, Corey? Or do you have anything else, Will? Not a thing. Okay. Go ahead, Corey. Um, Thanksgiving went off oh, yeah. without a hitch. Um, not much to say there. It was kind of nice this year just because we had – normally our Thanksgiving is crazy, like 100-plus people. Um, it was actually kind of nice to change it up this year and just have a small, intimate gathering. Um, yeah, not we we contributed the mashed potatoes and the sweet corn souffle and the apple crisp to the dinner. Uh, and everything, yeah, everything came out really good. So uh, we actually used a mashed potato recipe uh, that my fiance found that came out really good. Um, little just little techniques like to make your mashed potatoes better, like cut them before you boil them and after you boil them and you drain the water out you put them back on the burner and let them steam a little bit to get more of the moisture out just like little things if you didn't know about you wouldn't you wouldn't know um they came out really good good boy Corey. yeah it was nice but i did want to talk about some media stuff because i've been watching some cool tv shows yeah Uh, one i just realized i get with the purchase of my phone uh, my iPhone, I get a year of Apple TV Plus. Ooh. Oh, nice. And Apple TV Plus has a show on it that I think you guys would like, too. It's called For All Mankind. And it's an alternate history um, of the 1960s wherein and 70s, I guess, um, wherein the space race never ends. And uh, the intro, I'm going to spoil it uh it's really well done, but it's it's literally the first five minutes of the of the show. But um, it's <clears throat> a bunch of talking heads, like in that 1969 uh, time period. They're talking about the astronauts landing on the moon, and you can see you know the shuttle and all the imagery, and you're like, oh, you know, we're gonna watch Neil Armstrong walk on the moon, and then the astronaut descends from the lander 
onto the surface of the moon and then he speaks in russian oh yeah so the the alternate history is that the russians landed on the moon first and it's the u.s that need to respond interesting that's cool that is cool yeah, and they have like fictionalized versions of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, and uh, the lead actor is Joel Kinnaman. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but uh, he's a he's a, he's a stud uh, nowadays. Uh, I'm trying to think what he was in that you guys would know of. Probably but... nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched anything but kids movies. That's new. Um, but he's re- he's great. He's my fiance loves him. He's really good in it. But uh, yeah, I I do recommend for all mankind. It's it's one of those shows that if it was on like network TV, I feel like everybody would be talking about it. Right. Uh, it's really well done. Ronald Moore is the creator and the writer who uh, of Star Trek fame, and he did the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. So it's got some big names behind it too. Um, uh, get... question. question. Yeah. Is Apple TV, as you said, Apple TV Plus, is that available uh, available on other platforms or is it just Apple thing? Um, it is. So I'm Roku? I'm watching. I don't think it's on Roku. I'm watching through the Xbox. Um, okay. There's an Xbox app. Oh, that's, that's how that's how I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> um, same with HBO Max is not on Roku. And it's crazy because um, they're really struggling to get subscribers. Like their subscriber numbers are in the toilet. And I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. Most people's set top boxes are Roku. Like it's a Roku TV. It's not even a separate thing. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, most people's software is Roku. Uh, yeah. Roku did a very smart thing in making very cheap or partnering with a Chinese company to make very, very cheap TVs that has their software in it. And that's yeah. a lot of people have those TVs now. Yeah. Uh, so if you're struggling to get a subscriber base for your app, definitely think about putting it on Roku. Can I get a year of Apple TV Plus too with a purchase of my phone? Probably. That's sick. Okay, I should look into this then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I'm not likely to get an iPhone, but I I do think we eventually are going to get an iPad because uh, the uh, the Apple tablets are definitely the the best tablets. Wait. So. Dan, can you repeat the Apple, Apple thing again? Oh, just that the, they make the best tablets. I don't think there's any question to that. Okay. Uh, we have a couple Fire tablets um, for the kids, but they're cheap and you know are easily trashed. So um, we've already had to replace some of them because. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Uh, you got your headphones, okay? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You could talk to Uncle Corey and Uncle Will when I'm finished, okay? Sound good. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, anyway, but yeah, continue, Corey. Uh, but speaking of um, HBO Max, there's a show on there that I watch called Raised by Wolves. Have you guys heard about this show? No. I've heard the name, actually. It's really cool. So it starts, um, there's these two androids. They're named Mother and Father, and they land on one of the Kepler, I think it's Kepler 12b is the planet or something. I think it's one of the planets, one of the known exoplanets that we think might be able to sustain life. Uh, but anyway, they land on this planet. It takes place in the future. They land on this planet with a bunch of like human eggs, essentially. And they raise these kids um, up on this planet. And come to find out there was this war back on Earth between like atheists and religious people and these kids escaped the planet and these androids were meant to raise them to give um i think they're like a former religious sect of people that 
escaped Earth after they lost the war and they're just trying to rebuild their civilization on a different planet. Uh, but then the atheists show up and it's it's really cool. It's all um, existential sort of metaphysical questions that, that come up in the show. Um, very entertaining, very cool, very, very science fiction-y. That sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. It is really cool. It has, it also has like a Star Wars feel to it or like a, like an 80s kind of style science fiction, uh, like alien, like that kind of feel. Really cool. Really, really cool style. Um, I think it's actually made by, shoot, I'm not going to remember the guy's name, (laughs) but, uh, one of the guys known for like 80s science fiction maybe like uh, blade runner who did blade runner oh i'm not gonna remember his name but yeah i know who you're talking about the director ridley scott ridley scott yep. i think it's actually a ridley scott show nice um i'm confirming that right now but i was just getting ready to look uh i don't see it on. oh yeah raised by wolves yep He's the executive producer. So. Oh, cool. There's that. Uh, also, the Mandalorian. Baby Yoda finally has a name, and we know a little bit about his history, and I'm really excited about that. So if you're watching the Mandalorian, I'm watching right along with you. It's such such a good show. So much fun to watch. At some Everyone's point, been telling me to watch it. Yeah, at some point, I'll get, I'll get there. Oh, man, Dan, this last episode, we got to... I guess it's a spoiler to say, so I won't say it, but we got to meet a character who is featured in the Clone Wars cartoon series. Yeah, I, I, I've i seen that scattered around like social media and stuff. So, Oh, man. It's so cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. Anything else, Corey? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I also have Thanksgiving. So, yeah, we had Thanksgiving. Usually we go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, but this is the first year that we had Thanksgiving at home, so it was my first year making a Thanksgiving turkey. It actually came out really good. Uh, we used my mom's recipe, so I can't I can't claim credit for the recipe, but uh, there's still a lot of steps involved, uh, way more than I thought. I never paid attention to that stuff as a kid. Um, I was interested in cooking and stuff, but thank like, like holiday meals, like my mom just wanted us to stay away because uh, you know we would linger in the kitchen and she'd yell at us so. I never re- quite learned how to do a turkey that way, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah, and I could see it why is. I could see why people only want to do it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, it, you can you can make a shitty turkey, right? Yeah. But like, if you want it to be good, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. So for me, like, what makes a bad turkey is when it's really dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always hate. I always hated having turkey from people that made like that had especially dry breast you know uh it's terrible um but yeah this recipe is it's a brine a tw- like an almost 24 hour brine and uh I-, I can't help you right now dude i'll be i'll be right there uh we've got it we got to stop in three minutes so i'll help him then because uh, our zoom time is up so as we oh, transition yeah. to the next segment i'll take a quick break um but anyway, yeah, it, it, it's a twenty-four hour brine with with stuff, and then you know the stuff you stuff in it, and then the way you bake it. Like it came out came out good. I was very happy. Uh, luckily, our stuffing was just like stovetop. Our mashed potatoes were boxed. I didn't want to put too much because, like, it's chaos in this house all the time, and uh, so we just did boxed mashed potatoes. They weren't great, but my my mom provided the pumpkin pie, which was fabulous. And the cranberry sauce, which was also fabulous. 
uh, and then the butternut squash, which was also fabulous. So, yum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, go ahead. How many Thanksgiving meals have you had since? There wasn't as much. We got a small turkey, so there wasn't as much oh, left okay. over. Everything else is pretty much eaten uh, on Thanksgiving Day. I I tried to make enough that there wasn't a ton of leftovers. So yeah. But it was it was good. Uh, it was also my daughter's seventh birthday on Thanksgiving, and then we had her like party uh, yesterday. So it was a Fortnite birthday with Fortnite cake. Nice. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, God, do I have anything else? Oh, I did have one more thing. Uh, we had a listener send us uh, me specifically, but but it's it's for us to share uh, one of these game and watch things. Oh, hey. ever seeing those? Sweet. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm showing that to Corey and Will. Um, so thank you to this person. I I forgot to get in, uh, permission from the person to say their name. I'm not gonna say their name unless they say it's okay. Uh, but we very much appreciate that. I haven't had the chance to open it yet and play it. Uh, and then when you guys come for Christmas, you know, we'll if if anyone wants else wants to take it uh, to play it for a while, then you can do that. But very much appreciated. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. We're running out of time here, so we're going to take a quick break. I got to see what what my twins need, and uh, we'll be back with uh, what we played, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we are back with, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We've all played quite a bit more. I know everyone's excited to talk about it, so uh, let's go. Corey, I'll start with you. Because I think you were the coolest on it out of out of all of us, and uh, I wanted to know if your your impressions have changed in the, in the, about the game having played a little bit more. Yeah, uh, and <clears throat> I just want <clears throat> to be clear. I do really like it. I I just I think uh, as I said last week, in a world where Assassin's Creed Odyssey exists, this game plays side by side next to it, and and I'm doing that uh, especially because I have recently played. It. I played it this year. I played a lot of it yeah. this year. Um, so it is fresh in my mind when you place those two games side by side, like there's a clear, a clearly better superior game in, sure. in almost every way. Uh, but if you take Odyssey out of the equation, I think Valhalla is a great game um, and is should be in the conversation as, you know, some of the one of the best games of the year, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll also add that after playing it, uh, getting a little bit deeper into the story um, I do. I am warmer on it now than I even was last week. Um, some of the I texted you guys about it, but some of the um, stuff with the seer that you uh-huh. do kind of scratches that itch of uh, fantasy realm. Yeah. Some of the stuff that I really liked from from Odyssey, the yeah. the mythical stuff. Um, you get you get some of that. Oh yeah. And I don't know Ooh. to to what extent how in depth that goes, but uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, exploring that world was was pretty cool, and we talked about how that kind of plays out. You you drink concoctions of what I'm assuming are like mushrooms or something, you know, whatever whatever psychedelics, it is psychedelics, yeah. And you go on this uh, mythical drug induced trip. Um, that's and the, really the thing is fun. is that's there's a lot of uh, different different cultures from around the world that did that sort of thing yes you know i don't know if i i don't know enough about about the like viking and norse culture to know if that was something that they did too i would assume so a lot of people did it for religious 
practices and stuff, you know? I think it is because I forget what movie it is, but I remember watching a, a Viking movie um, and they do that. They, yeah. I, I can't remember if it's mushrooms or what, but it is psychedelics of some sort. Um, and they, yeah, they go on this trip. Uh, I just, just wanted to bring up, cause we were talking about mushrooms and religion. Are you guys familiar with the stoned ape theory? I've, I've heard that said before. I, I don't think I've ever looked into it. Same here. Yeah. So you know how there's, and not to get into the debate side of things, but there's question marks surrounding the jump from ape to man. Like how yeah. did that happen evolutionary wise? Um, and one of the theories is that a bunch of apes stumbled on a replenishing supply of psychedelic mushrooms. And because they were repeatedly eating these mushrooms and having these drug trips, they were constantly expanding their mind um, through these these mushrooms and like learning things that way. And that's how they became the intellectual civilization building humans. Yeah. That's amazing. I, it's, you can't, you know, it's certainly a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, a lot yeah. of people say agriculture star because people wanted to re- recreate booze. Yeah. So right. That's certainly a possibility too. People like their uh, like their mind altering substances. Yeah, they're they're intoxicants. <laughs> yeah, they're vices. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely even warmer on Valhalla now than I was then. Um, I've also explored more of the normal world, um, and and seen some stuff that I I really enjoyed. I just got to London. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say at this point. But that's my. Uh, 10,000 foot view. Do you, point. do you find yourself appreciating England more than you did before? Uh, a little bit. I don't know. We talked about the things we appreciate it, appreciated about it last week. You know, the, 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 the great job it did capturing that swampy, murky, foggy, uh, Roman ruin England. Uh, I think it it still does a good job of that. And anytime you go and raid a chapel or something like that, like, I don't know, it does a really good job of capturing that history in my mind, but I don't know. It's just, it's just not as vibrant and as pretty to look at for me as Odyssey. And I don't, it never will be. I I wonder to what extent too my, my appreciation for England has to do with me playing on my computer and how much more powerful that is than my Xbox, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it has something to do with it because it's it's like for me, I I think England is is not more vibrant, but uh, more detailed, I guess, is is it. But that might be because I'm playing on my powerful computer and not my Xbox. I kind of have a a theory on this. I think Corey and me to an extent, because I agree with you, England is more um, there's a lot more detail to it. Um, I just think. Corey and I might prefer Greece is setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's look a little bit more than England. That's not to take away from England at all, because yeah. I mean, origins is pretty too, but that's just sand. A desert. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, they're all pretty games. I just think like, it's really hard to compete with ancient Greece's, you know, world versus england I think yeah is... you're absolutely right it's that it just comes down to preference it's which world do you prefer to be in i don't i don't think i'm not trying to to say that i think odyssey's world was better crafted or anything like that i think just in terms of what i like to look at um odyssey does a better job of of showing me what i want to see yeah and I, I i normally would be there too um 
but I just, I don't know, uh, just like running up a stony hill and looking around and seeing some of the other cities with smoke, rat, like, I don't know. They just did it for. But again, I think that might have something to do with me playing on my computer and how much yeah. better it looks. I will say there is some pretty awesome views like in that game. And like the more that I discover it, the more that I see it's yeah. just like yeah, it's a really pretty game. Yeah, I'm because I'm running between I, I'm usually between like 75 and 85 frames per second oh, wow. uh, on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. Frame rates. I've been saying it for years. You guys yeah. teased me about it. <laughs> do you notice a huge do you have a hard time playing Age of Calamity, Dan? Here's the thing. Okay, so I play sometimes I play games on uh Switch games on my monitor over here. It's close to me. Um like 2 feet away. They generally look terrible on that. When I'm sitting on playing on my TV like 10 feet away, I don't notice it nearly as much. So a lot of it has to do with distance. Okay. Um like Breath of the Wild doesn't look good on my monitor playing. Um, I'm sure Age of Calamity wouldn't. I haven't played it on that yet. Um, but I, I do think viewing distance uh, has has a lot to do with, with frame rate. Um, that being said, like I, I notice it, absolutely. But it doesn't bother me as much when I'm further away from it. I know when I played Horizon Zero Dawn on PC and getting close to 100 frames, then going to Final Fantasy VII Remake, which was 30, yeah, was rough at first. It's jarring. Yeah, it was jarring, but I have since like gotten used to going back and forth between yeah. the different frames. But... Yeah, I would love if they came out with uh, like a Nintendo Switch Pro if they they did a 60 FPS patch for Breath of the Wild, because I've played it a little bit on computer at 60 frames per second, uh, and it looks spectacular. Yeah, so. PC Breath of the Wild is quite something. Yeah, it really is. But, but anyway, where were we? Um, Valhalla setting. I think you guys wanted to ask me if the bugs were improved at all. And oh yeah, yeah. I hadn't hadn't even thought of it because I don't think I experienced any in the last few days anyway. Oh, so definitely improved on that front. The horse seems to be going in the right direction more than half of the time now, Ooh. which is nice. So it's still not all the time. No, no. Um, I have a complaint. It was a, it's a whiny complaint. It's not that big a deal. So they have the mercenaries, right, in the game? Yeah. They start at power level 90. So it's like, okay, like, just avoid them. When you're doing, I believe, Lincolnshire, whatever, whatever the name is, you have run-ins with the, the zealots quite frequently. Why would they make it be level 90 for the starting level if they're going to make you have to deal with them? The amount of times I was doing a mission when I was doing that and got attacked by a zealot and couldn't beat it and it interrupted my mission where I would have to carry somebody was an infuriating amount of times and I was very angry at the game. And that's the only time I've been angry at this game, but that's a bad design choice in my opinion. Yeah. Say that again. They start a, I haven't. I haven't used a mercenary have, at all. I haven't come. I haven't experienced this. I have used mercenaries, but I haven't experienced it. So, so this continue. was a unique problem to me then. So, a part of can I spoil? Am I allowed to spoil the section of the yeah. game? Okay. So, what happened is when you're doing the Lincolnshire stuff, where you have to 
uh usurp the current king put in the new king you have you don't know where he is and you're talking to or you're going after the wife uh of the king and she's in that forest and you're chasing her down for whatever reason i don't know if the game did this or if it just lined up this way the zealot was right by that area that she was in and kept attacking me while i was in the process of killing the guards which is fine whatever i was like all right i can't beat them i'm just gonna run away but you have to carry the wife across the river in a boat to take her back to the spot where ivar and uba are and everything like that uh ivar great character by the way and yeah i kept getting attacked by the zealot and getting desynchronized and killed because i tried to pick up the, the woman to take her back and it would just keep attacking me and i couldn't avoid it and like it would just hang out in that area and i couldn't get around it i wasted like an hour and a half trying to figure out how to like skirt around the game to be able to it was so frustrating yeah like three in the morning and i was tired and i wanted to just finish that mission and go to bed that just seems like bad timing but wrong place at the wrong time type of thing and like if they want to do that fine but don't have it be at that point 50 yeah we'll spawn them somewhere else if that keeps happening you know couldn't you just kill the zealot its power level was like 50 up to 50 higher you can kill like things higher level than you but like it's a first of all it's a uh, damage sponge so it would yeah. take a while i was tired yeah already i just wanted to finish the mission I you shouldn't... have to you have to be like a dark souls pro to be able to do that yeah and like the game's combat is i don't know if you guys have done any of the boss fights with the yeah. uh the sisters of lyrian or whatever like some of them can be pretty difficult if you're not and at that point in the game you don't have a lot of abilities to be able to like the harpoon is like my favorite thing like i barely had the harpoon at that point and like one adrenaline bar hmm. really it's just like me trying to parry and avoid the normal rune attacks yeah exhausted i haven't see i guess my experience of the game is a little different i haven't i haven't struggled at all like anything i've found i've been able to kill other than um the the like scripted fights i forget what are those called those uh where you go up to the thing and then it like coughs poison on you or something and then you're tripping and then it wants to fight you what do they call those things i think they have a name but the mushrooms uh, no the just the the creatures that you stumble on that are like dead but then they somehow make you trip out so that you can see them and then you fight them have you guys found any of those oh, yet? that's the sisters of Lyrian. yeah 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 i've not done any of that the, the poison one there's the fire one and the yeah right yeah uh, so those are the only ones, only battles I've come across that I haven't been able to fight. And even early on, like when I first got my civilization, I didn't really know how to read the map very well. And I did a raid that was like 120 power level and my power level was like 25 at the time. Um, and it was easy. And it wasn't easy, I shouldn't say that, but I didn't really struggle with it, you know? But those are also baseline enemies. The mercenaries are a little sure. bit, uh, yeah, a little true. bit more complicated. It is true. Uh, if are, they have heavy armor and a big shield. I'm guessing your build is not an assassin build. No, it is mainly it assassin. Is. I mean, you're, it's you're not able to assassinate this fool. Uh, no, because can you, you sneak? Can you sneak up on the zealots? I don't think you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can, but I've tried, but I haven't. Again, just like don't force zealot fights on the players if it's going to be f- at that point fifty levels higher. Like, I unlocked a level 160 power level zealot. Yeah, I just noticed those. I was like, okay, like, that's cool and fine, but, like, 
it's really frustrating when it's super late and you just want to finish that one last mission before you go to bed and you just get it all ruined by ganked yeah ganked (laughs) repeatedly it's frustrating that was more of a nitpicky complaint but yeah i've i've done i think two or three of the zealot fights um i've got to get I've only been using my two-handed axe, but I've got to get something faster because that battle's hard with the two-handed axe because you're just so slow. Yeah. So I'll have to level up something else. You're not using Varen's axe? Oh, no, I just use the two-handed, giant two-handed axe. Well, what weapon do you use, Corey? Uh, the one-handed axe. I use all the ver- I use all the equipment you, you first get. That's, I haven't switched. Have you leveled... Level- you know about upgrading, leveling it up, and ruins. Yeah. And, okay, okay. Because yeah, uh, cause yeah it's like I was also I'm using the Raven Clan armor too, but I think it's really cool how much it changes through leveling it up and upgrading it. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. I liked Odyssey's system better. I liked swapping out equipment and seeing how, with regular frequency, constantly upgrading the look of your character. Um, I, I don't know this I, this version of it doesn't excite me at all. I agree with you, but people really hated that for whatever reason. People and hated Odyssey. I don't get it. That's because they're crazy. They're crazy people. It's I think a lot a lot of it. Crazy. What it was is there was, especially if you just played the game without selling stuff for a couple hours, your inventory was jam packed with equipment. Yeah, uh, but I think they went too far in the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because I also like the Assassin's Creed Odyssey style a little bit more. Um, I've only used the Berserker stuff. Maybe that's because I'm more of a, I don't know, a crazed fighter when I play the game. I do a little bit of stealth, but mostly I'm, it's, we're, we're scrapping, you know? Yeah. Also, one more point to Odyssey. Did you guys ever feel like they made you buy an experience pack? No. How do you mean? Like there, so there's a thing where you buy credits on the oh. play to like. People are convinced no. that Ubisoft slowed the game down, so you had to do that. And I was like, I never once. I never felt that, felt way. that way. No, no not I at all. I, I didn't either. I mean, there was a lot to do in the game, but it never compelled me to feel the need to buy a. I was almost I that... always over leveled for whatever I was doing. Yeah, I don't know, that, that's stuff. because yeah, well, that exactly. That's exactly right. That's how I play those games. Right. I tend to like to be over leveled when I go into a story mission or a story battle or whatever. So, yeah, after a bit, a game has some side quests for you to do. I like to feel the challenge when I'm fighting important people. You know, I like to be able to clean up on the scrubs because it makes me feel powerful. Yeah. And then I like the challenge of fighting like a named enemy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wish you guys unlocked the harpoon, by the way. It's so fun. I'm going to look for it. Because, I, like I said, I've only really used the the, the two-handed axe. I, I should change it up because there's some, like, some of the zealots, I'm going to have to use something a little bit faster. So, um, I'm playing the game where I'm trying to get all the wealth, artifact, and mysteries on every new area. So I've done all of the first two areas. I have a little of East Anglia. I'm not high enough level to do some of the fights, the boss fights that are in there. Uh, I did London, and now I'm doing Oxenfordshire or whatever. Uh, so I'm trying to do all of those. I don't know how long I'll sustain that because it's a, it's a tall ask to go to these new areas, do everything, and then do the main story. Uh, I mean, I'm 33 hours in, and we're 
only on arc like five of 78 that are in the game so Jeez. yeah i think when i launched the game it says i have like 30 percent completed yeah uh, at 30 hours yeah i remember when this game was gonna be shorter <laughs> running out of time cyberpunk's what we're how many days away from cyberpunk 11 12 yeah yeah steam says the ninth i don't know if it's a worldwide simultaneous release so that there it'll be like five o'clock on the night i don't know how that works but I should probably pre-order it right yeah i just pre-ordered mine i think i talked about that earlier hmm so all right any other thoughts on assassin's creed valhalla no it's a really uh, enjoyable game i i do really like it i don't want to i don't want to come off as not enjoying it um because i really do i just yeah just like odyssey more sure i think uh this run of assassin's creed this like current trilogy we're in is the best trilogy and fight me about it <laughs> oh, uh, Assassin's Creed trilogy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm okay. a little disappointed we haven't seen anything outside of the Animus since uh, there was that one little sequence for me. Anyway, maybe I just haven't un- haven't unlocked whatever I need to in order to see it. But I think That'll... you can choose to step out of the out of the Animus, can't you? I maybe feel like there was. I, I feel do. like I saw there was an option somewhere to do that. Yeah, I think they try to force people out of the Animus as little as possible. But if you want to explore that, you have the option. Okay. Uh, Will, did you play anything else? No, not at all. Okay. Corey? Uh, Eric and I played Rocket League. We did the tournament Friday night, and boy, did we have some bad luck. Um, Oh, yeah? Well, the first time we tried to do the tournament, we tried to join with, like, a minute left in the registration, and once we tried to do that, we we were playing another game. And uh, once we tried to join with a minute left in the registration, it told us the tournament was full. So that was our very first experience like a week ago. And that sucked. Um, But then I found out you can do what's called second chance, where if you miss the first registration or even if you lose in the first round, you can join the second chance round, which is just basically another chance tournament. Um, So we got in on Friday and our first game, they never gave us a third teammate. So it was three versus two, uh. <laughs> which even if we managed to win the first round, I knew there wasn't a chance in hell we were going to advance to the finals or anything. You, you just, it's just impossible with a team of two, especially because the semifinals and final round are best of three. Um, and the, yeah, you can every now and again pull off a win two on three, but it's just not sustainable for a whole tournament. Is You can't do like a duos? Nope, there's no duos tournament. Uh. It's always 3v3, at least what they have going now. I think you can set up your own 2v2 tournament, but then you need like enough people to join it uh, yeah. in order to, to pull it off. But I'm not sure. I haven't messed with those those tools very much. I might be interested in joining you guys. Now, that being said, I'm garbage at Rocket League. Get practicing, man. Get practicing. Yeah. I've been playing a ton. I'm ranking up. I'm up to, I think I'm platinum three on one of the playlists. Um, and I think the answer is to only play to rank up is to only play on holidays and weekends. The, it just seems like the pool of players is at your rank is it's just easier uh, uh-huh. on week. I don't know if it's just because more people are playing and people have this rank that's been held over for a certain amount of time. I don't really know how it works, but um, I do find myself 
doing pretty well since Thanksgiving, as opposed to prior to Thanksgiving where I was getting whooped, but yeah, um, I do recommend it. But anyway, so that was, we lost the first game. I think it was close. I think we did pretty well, but we still lost, but we were able to join the second chance. So we got in um, and I can't remember exactly how it played out, but we had a teammate that was pretty good and we were up two one with like 10 seconds left. And uh, they made a push down to our end and the ball popped up in the air and Eric had a perfectly good line to clear the ball. And he went up and then our teammate showed up out of nowhere and popped the ball up further, knocked it out of Eric's uh, range. So he couldn't clear it. And then they scored with like uh. no, no time left. And I think I can't remember if that was the winning goal or if we went into overtime and then they quickly scored against us. But like another heartbreak after that. So we've just been getting bad luck. Um, but it is, it's such a fun, it's such a fun mode. It, it kind of sucks that you, it's like, hurry up and wait. Like you got to make sure you get registered for the tournament. And then once you get registered, it's like 15 minutes before the tournament actually starts and you can't do anything. You can't play a competitive match while you're waiting or anything because yeah. you need to be ready for when the tournament starts. So you just kind of sit there and hang out for 15 minutes. Um, but that anticipation, I think, builds excitement for the actual tournament and when you're in like you want to make sure you're staying in that tournament because you've already committed so much time just to joining the tournament yeah um that's another layer of incentive but it's fun yeah i'm with you guys playing on xbox or pc xbox so you're playing in the series x and he's on the one yes okay that's cool yeah I wondered how that worked because me and my friends want to play Halo, but I have I'm gonna play on Series X and they're gonna play on the one, so I didn't know if that worked. Should work. Should work fine. I think I, I pretty you could play PC Xbox crossplay, I think. How consumer friendly. I feel like yeah. last gen that wouldn't happen. No. No, I'm glad it's a new thing and I'm glad of it because it makes things a lot easier. Definitely. You know? Cause then we could play together, you know. I prefer to play this stuff on PC. You guys for consoles will kind of split between the two 50 50 yeah anything else Corey? uh convince my fiance to play a little bit of east shade um i don't know if you guys remember me talking about that game but it's the one where you're a painter and you go to an island and there's no combat but it has that like open world rpg i saw that pop up on the xbox game pass app thing and i was interested in it yeah, it's it's a pretty cool game. I, I wouldn't say it's great, but uh, if if you're into that kind of thing, if you like exploring fantasy worlds and which my fiance does, and oftentimes she doesn't like the combat just because she she's not very good at twitchy kind of gameplay. So that stuff doesn't really do anything for her. So I thought she'd really like it. Uh, she might have played for like 15 minutes, but it was kind of funny because the quest that she happened to pick up, um, there was a uh little house and they're all like uh and and what do they call animals that are humanized anthrop anthropomorph anthropomorph something like yeah you know the word (laughs) yep i'm trying to say um they're all like that so it was this i think it was a deer or something like that and it had a honey jar on its head or maybe it wasn't a bear because the sheriff was the bear but i'm getting too far ahead anyway this woodland creature of some sort had a jar stuck on its head and Sophie had to go get some soap from a neighbor. So when she went to the neighbor to get some soap, the neighbor's like, Hey, I've heard the father of this character that has the bucket stuck on its head, like yelling at this kid. 
hinting at some sort of like child abuse or something like that. So Sophie brought the soap to the kid with the bucket on its head and the the character in question who was doing the abusing was there and Sophie was talking to it. And of course you can make all the dialogue choices. <laughs> Sophie decided she wanted to confront this guy about his potential child abuse. Uh, but she just wouldn't let go of it. Like the guy kept telling her to leave and she just wouldn't let go. So she got punched in the face. Oh. Um, and then she comes to, and then the sheriff is standing over her uh, and is like, Hey, like what happened? Is everything okay? Talk to me about what happened. And she's like lying to the sheriff about what actually happened. And um, I don't know. It was That's just a really, funny. it was a really funny experience. And I, I think there's a lot of charm to that game. Uh, I don't know if she'll stick with it. She didn't seem all that into it. She thought it was kind of dumb, but uh, I just thought that her 15 minute experience <laughs> was really funny in that game. Nice. East shade, right? East shade. Yeah. You're a painter. You paint canvas, you paint on canvas. And then That's you pretty cool. Sell it. I don't know. It's a weird game. It's very stylized. It is. It's pretty to look at. Okay. Other than other than the frame rate, Dan. Oh, 30 frames. Yeah. And it does that thing where when you're like panning to look around, it's you can't stuttery. see. Yeah, it's really stuttery. Yeah. It's awful. Okay. Especially after playing Valhalla. Like, I don't even want to look at it. Mm -hmm. I feel like this looks like what Skyrim should look like now. Yeah. Uh, it's what Enderall looks like. Enderall. I should download that. You're never. I'm not even going to entertain your. You're never going to play it. I will. You just won't expect it. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be. We'll bang it out in like two days. <laughs> right. Yep. That'll be what I'll do when I'm unemployed for however long this winter. Is when I'll do it. Okay. Anyway, uh, is that all, Corey? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Um... <laughs> Someone's having fun. Uh... Yeah. Uh, well, we've got four minutes left. I'm like, okay. I guess I can run through because I only played. Uh, uh, other than than the obvious. Hold on a second. <laughs> meltdown. Uh, Does meltdown. Dan want us to keep talking so he doesn't need to cut this out? Yeah, sure. We can keep talking. I was thinking about subscribing to Zoom Premium or whatever. Yeah. How much is it? I don't know. I was going to ask you. I have no idea. Just because it's a pain in the rear to have to end a call and then whatever. Yeah. I do it all the time for work, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or any of our internal meetings, if they run over, we'll just all leave and then come back. Yeah, I guess I'm being lazy. Definitely well, better than Skype, though. Oh my god, so Holy much better. Smokes. Skype is the worst. Yeah, it's terrible. I can't even figure out how to call people on Skype anymore. <laughs> or add people, even. Yeah, I don't know. Zoom is very simple. User interface. As it should be. Anyway, okay. All right, so yeah, I'll run through this real quick because we've got three minutes left. I don't want to have to start another Zoom call, so. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I played, I did the Animal Crossing Thanksgiving event. Uh, it was it was kind of neat to have all your, your villagers, or islanders, I guess, uh, you know, flitting around in your in your plaza, enjoying a Thanksgiving meal. Um, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it transitioning into winter type stuff. 
Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want to see any more winter than what's already already going on. You know, in in real life. In RL, uh, I wish there was something you could toggle so it would remain like a, a, a you know, tropical island and not not have winter and snow and stuff. But that doesn't appear to, appear to be the case. So nope, you're stuck with it. That's Depressing in game and in real life. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, the I think the Christmas events will probably be be pretty fun. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't want to see winter for the next three months at Animal Crossing. So, yep. Uh, and then the only thing, other thing I played, obviously, obviously me and my daughter are playing Fortnite still every night. Uh, I don't have a lot to talk about that, uh, other than the end of the season is going to be this early this week. So that should be, should be fun to do, do that stuff and then see what, what comes next. As I said, uh, there's been some rumors. It's going to be Star Wars, which I think would be really cool. Um, because I I'm not into Marvel as much as I enjoyed this season. I'm not into the Marvel stuff. So yeah, same. I would like for it to be if it's not going to be like a, a Fortnite specific thing, uh, that I would like to, for it to be a, an IP that I'm I'm interested in or IPs that I'm interested in. So yeah, so that's everything. Um, next week's episode, I'm not sure what we're going to have it on. We'll have something of of some some sort, right? Yeah, I would say Immortals, but I probably won't play that until I finish Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I probably won't finish Assassin's Creed in the next week either. So We'll see. We that'll be I might. Random. If I get bored playing around in the world, I might just hammer through the story. Hammer through it, yeah. We'll okay. see. All right. Uh, so, but yeah, either way, we'll have an episode next week. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for episode 479 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. Plastic.